right, welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning into another episode. Uh, I always really appreciate it when you guys tune in. And I also really appreciate our sponsor at Howie's Hockey Tape Company. Um, if you feel like getting 10% off of any of your purchases, uh, feel free to enter Face Off and the number 10 into the coupon code area to get 10% off. Uh, this helps the show. It helps Howie's Hockey. Um, it helps you buy things from Howie's Hockey. So uh, once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Howie's Hockey Tape Company, and uh, just really appreciate the support and that they should uh, support the show. All right. I know that I say every episode is special in its own way. And this one is another one that's very special in its own way. Um, I know that we've had people from, you know, uh, North America. We've had people from Canada, uh, people from the United States. Um, we've had a few people from overseas. Um, but we haven't had anybody uh, from the country that this uh, next person, uh, my next guest is, is from. But um, it's not only that, he's, uh, as far as goalies are concerned, um, there's a handful of uh, what I would call, you know, really good uh, uh, elite coaches down here. Uh, no pun intended by the term elite. Um, but this guy has been kind of, uh, there's been a handful of people that are like, hey, you should reach out to this guy. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he, he's really interesting. Um, I think he would be a good guest on his show. Um, but anyway, I, I finally kind of reached out to him and he decided to come on the show and I, I couldn't be happier to talk to him. We've already been talking uh, for quite a bit uh, previously and sometimes I just forget, oh, I got to hit the record button. Uh, we're having good conversation, but uh, we have to start the episode off at some point. But uh, I would like to welcome, uh, he is the uh, director of uh, Dallas Goalie. Um, uh, uh, D Dallas Goalie, the, the goaltending uh, uh, schools down here. Uh, he is also the uh, the goaltending coach for the majority of the Dallas Stars elite teams, uh, as well as the uh, Dallas Penguins for the DJHA. Uh, but I would like to welcome on to the show today, uh, Constantine Kovalenko. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, I just really appreciate you uh, being open to this. Because I know when I first reached out to you, you were like, oh, wait, what? What's going on here? Why do you want to talk to me? Uh, but I just, uh, but I appreciate you being open and uh, willing to come on uh, and just kind of talk some hockey and, and tell your story. Um, I have a feeling that you probably have uh, plenty of hockey stories and plenty of life stories, but uh, there's been a lot of people that have told me that you would be an interesting guest. And so, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, Adam. Hey, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here, of course. Yeah, well, and and here's the thing is that, you know, a lot of times I have people on and, you know, a lot of them are from Canada or from the U.S. And, you know, for the most part, you know, maybe we all kind of uh, start that hockey life off kind of the same way. Um, but I really haven't talked to anybody that has grown up where you grew up. Um, so I'm interested to know how you got um, interested in the sport. It might not be the first time that you stepped out on the ice. I kind of want you to talk about where you were. Uh, when it happened, how it happened, uh, whether family members were involved, or if it was just kind of being like, uh, I would really like to do this, but can you kind of talk us through or walk us through uh, how you got involved in the sport? Yeah, of course. Well, I was born in Ukraine, uh, and I grew up in Russia uh, for the most part. And uh, so back in the day, when I was a kid, I played all type of sports, anything. Started with tennis, did karate did soccer, uh, did basketball. And I think my favorite sport growing up was soccer, right? So we were living in a small town. It was a military town because my dad actually is an ex-military pilot. And uh, 
that's the all they have. They, they only have soccer. But at some point, my dad had to move to a different city, a bigger town. Was about now it's a half a million of a population, and uh, so and I was about nine years old. And he goes, "Hey, hey, son, I got a I got a big surprise for you. Let me let me go show you something." So he brings me to the big hockey rink, like indoor hockey rink with ice and everything, and I see bunch of kids skating around with actual hockey gear because I've never seen it before in person, right? And immediately right there and then, I mean, I just fall in love with the sport. And I said, dad, uh, you know what? I don't want to play soccer anymore. Can you please get me, uh, get me a hockey gear? Because I think that's something that I want to pursue. So, uh, that's kind of was the first start that I ever got introduced with hockey, even though I kind of grew up, um, like in a small town back in the day and I did skate, uh, on an outside rink, right? Nothing like that. I just had skates, probably a stick made of piece of wood that we could find something like that. And, uh, but yeah, nothing special, nothing like I actually saw that time. And like, I will never forget, uh, that feeling. I mean, it's, it's all because of my dad. He got me there and, uh, that's how it started first well, time. But there's almost, uh, there's something to kind of seeing something like that for the first time, there's almost just a little bit of a reverence, even as like a young kid, it's like, well, there's something special happening out here. Like, it's like a stage you're looking at, you know, the action going on. And it, it, it's, it, I feel like, and I've always said this, but I feel like it's really easy for young children to be uh, attracted to the game itself. Cause it's just, when you go into an ice rink, it's just, it's, it's all just wrapped around the stage of the ice and the things that are happening. And, Kids just naturally kind of want to be a part of it. And especially when they see other, uh, you know, kids or, or young adults or adults going out there and skating around and just wanting to be a part of that and wanting to be a part of that movement. But it sounds like what, what kind of happened for you um, when you start skating, though, is it kind of how does that transition move over into uh, playing hockey? And also, what is playing youth hockey uh, in Russia? What does that look like? Because you know, everybody kind of does it uh, a little bit differently from country to country, but uh, can you kind of talk about how you, you know, maybe actually far, first start playing your first, you know, uh, regular season of hockey and then kind of how that transition happens? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I started pretty late. I was about nine years old when I uh, got that hockey gear and got myself on ice. And uh, I probably started with the house hockey. Uh, I mean, I wasn't that good of a player, but it, it took me a couple of years. So at first, I was a player, uh, not a goalie, right? So, um, you get to, you know, get introduced to the coaches, to different teammates. And, uh, since I was an athlete, I think I kind of picked it up pretty quickly, mm -hmm. uh, skating out and, uh, I transitioned myself to defense. And, uh, for the first two years of my hockey, I played, uh, defense, right defense. Uh, and I remember right. I was in the second line, so I wasn't terrible. I wasn't terrible before I actually ended up being a goalie and how that happened probably happens with any other goaltender. You get a chance to get an opportunity to, uh, you know, when you, when you part and when your goalie is sick and somebody has to step it up. So what do you do? You, you want to volunteer because you know what, that position is probably in your head, the most important one. It's like a quarterback. It's like a pitcher for baseball, mm -hmm. right? So you want to be that. I don't know, kind of star of a show, especially with the gear, different helmet you want to stand out. So, uh, yeah, so I tried a couple of times and, uh, 
my dad was completely against that. He did not want <laughs> to be goalie. Uh, yeah, probably yeah. a lot of parents that I know that I talk to. I mean, they, especially the young age, they don't want their kids to become a goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, it took probably about three, four months for me to convince my dad to become a goalie, and uh, and we didn't have a lot of money. Probably not at all. Pretty much growing up, uh, so my dad had to find me here. And he was going from sponsor to sponsor, trying to, um, you know, kind of uh, raise some money to get myself a goalie gear. Anyway, so at some point I got the gear and uh, there he goes. So I played in a city called Lipetsk. Uh It's in Russia. Um, it's about, I'd say about 300 miles away from Moscow. And uh, yeah, so I started playing there until I hit. 14. So it took me four, three years from 11 till 14 to get noticed and play for a tier one hockey. So I got noticed by a different coach. Uh, he's actually a cousin of Stan Tugaluga, who <laughs> was uh, uh, my head coach for the team. But anyway, so he noticed me. I was playing for a different city and uh, he invited me. Hey, uh, I would like for you to be part of my team. It's a tier one hockey. We compete on a high level. We're playing against the best team in the country. So why don't you come here and visit and, uh, you know, and, uh, basically be part of a team. So after talking to my parents, they said, yeah, why not? Uh, it's a good opportunity. It's a better opportunity for hockey. So I made it happen. So I'm over there. So since I, I was 14 years old, I pretty much was living by myself there. It's kind of, it was a school. We had a few different kids from different cities, like some of them from, from Ukraine, some of them were from Siberia and uh, other parts of Russia and Ukraine as well. So uh, from 14, 17, from 14 to 17, I played over there and we competed basically in uh, G1 hockey. Yeah. It, it, so at, at that point, are you, are you far away from home uh, to make that leap or are you still fairly close to uh, what you would consider your hometown? Did you have to leave and, and kind of uh, go far away or were you still kind of local? Well, it's kind of far away. I mean, they, my parents would still come see me about once a month, bring some food, bring some cash for me to buy some groceries. Like the way it worked over there is we were fed breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, uh, we had a place to stay. We had a school. So everything was organized, but growing up, young adult, uh, young teenager, I mean, you need a lot more food than they were providing. Right. And, uh, right. So they would still come and visit, and uh, I would probably just go and go to see my parents back home uh, on holidays like Christmas, uh, New Year's, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, but uh, it was roughly seven seven hours of drive, yeah, uh, by the car. Oh well, and and I have to touch on this because I feel like if I if I don't touch on this, uh, I'll just be disappointed because I usually have this conversation when goalies come on, but when you're talking about and I'm sure you know plenty of goalie parents. You, know, you, you, you give lessons, you're around a bunch of the, the youth goalies uh, at this point. But it's one of those things to where, because I, I played uh, competitive goalie growing up. I still always played both positions, but played, uh, uh, you know, played goalie. But I can remember telling my dad that I wanted to play goalie. And I think that he kind of thought, okay, I'll give him a chance to do this and he'll kind of get worn out by it. But I can remember him going to, there was kind of like this back room that had just a bunch of like 
extra old like goalie equipment. And so he went and grabbed a bunch of goalie equipment. I don't think any of it fit. It was all the the heavy brown uh, old leather that would end up like twice as heavy, you know, at the end of it. But I went through, you know, just one season of just playing with that terrible gear. And at the end of it, my dad came and he's like, yeah, do you want to do this again? I'm like, yep. And then it's like I had to prove myself and that I was really in it to to play the position. Did you have to do that with your father at all? Because I'm assuming that, you know, when when a child comes to their parents and says, you know what, I'd really like to play goalie. It's almost like you're kind of setting those parents off on their own little island sometimes because, you yeah. know, they 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 probably won't watch the majority of the games with the other parents because they're going to be at the opposite. end. you know, it's that whole switch. It's all the parents that are trying to see their team score are going to move down to the net that they're going to score on. And then the goalie parents go down to the opposite. It's almost like you're setting those parents up for just a, a different lifestyle as far as being a hockey parent than they might have imagined. But well, how, what was your father's kind of reaction if you want to really get uh, descriptive about it? And, and at what point did he kind of say like, okay, uh, I see that you are kind of into this here. Uh, what was that like? Well, I don't think he was really against it once I actually stepped on that ice with the goalie gear and uh, he kind of told myself basically, well, if you want to perceive this, then you know what, all power to you. As long mm-hmm. as you're going to be happy and, you know, work hard and uh, try to make the best of yourself. That's all that matters. I don't think that he was uh, a part of a parent that would actually be outside of everybody else. I think he was still <laughs> being in a group in the middle. He's the guy who uh, a lot of my teammates, if they remember, they call him a golden guy who can pull it up basically. And you think he was kind of center of attention. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think just the way I competed, I don't think it's stopped him to change his opinion because... I mean, obviously I had some good games in there that it happens where I had bad games, but, uh, I mean, it, it took steps by step to get to two, one hockey. Right. So it, I was growing up, obviously started, started playing at that first city, my hometown. And then I ended up being a couple opportunities for, uh, go to different tournaments with a different team who was kind of a little bit higher level. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got noticed against a tier one team, uh, because we played against them and I think we beat them two to one, uh, being myself in the net and uh but yeah after that one especially once i got invited to play for that two two one team uh it was called team belgorod uh he said yeah let's go let's go and continue working and uh you know what obviously my dream was playing for uh to play for you know professional hockey team and uh for national team that was my dream and uh uh but it's it's all this stuff and it's all this right. stuff, and, uh, but uh, he supported me all the way, that's for sure. Hey, well, that, that's awesome, and he sounds like a great hockey parent. So I've had plenty of guests on here, and there seems to be just this underlining theme of just having uh, great parents, and usually that yeah. kind of lead, that leads into uh, successful hockey careers. But getting back you know, into your uh, hockey career, I, I kind of did have this thought. Um, is there, because I, I, I know that you know, North America, you know, we have the NHL and, and we like to think that, you know, it's, it's the best league in the world, which I do believe it's the best league in the world. But as you're growing up, is, is there kind of like, do, do you and some of your other teammates, do they have their sights on playing in North American League or, um, or how does that work? I mean, because there's some people that, you know, have plenty of skill to come over and play in North America, but they, they'd rather not. But what does that 
what does that look like playing over in Russia? And are there people that are, um, even at a younger age, wanting to kind of move over uh, into the North American leagues? What does that look like? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the highest level of hockey, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than this. And uh, in my opinion, the way I remember things, uh, it was everybody's dream. We were fortunate enough with our team to go to some professional hockey games uh, when we were traveling traveling to different towns for hockey games. And uh, But when we see the big show, we were always talking about, hey, like where you want to end up, right? And uh, I'd say 99% of all of the guys that were talking about this were, was uh, end up in NHL and a big show uh, or playing overseas. And uh, I think the second uh, highest level would be KHL, which is uh, now called uh, Continental Hockey League, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is still good in my opinion. I mean, it's a little different, different size of a ring, but it's it's still uh, close enough. That, but that would be second option. And uh, but the biggest one that I remember was end up playing for the national team, going to Olympics, go compete for your country. That was the biggest dream, and uh, you know, combine the whole team and. Uh, of the best players and uh, become one of a kind, I guess. <laughs> well, because well, the thing is too, I think with that is that um, that's almost kind of like its own special elite tier, and it doesn't matter if it happens in juniors or at any level. But to say that I'm representing my entire country, you know, that right. it's it's yeah. the the, the yeah. people that are able to say that they were able to do that. I mean, it's very uh, limited, especially because those players continue to make those teams almost every year. Uh, with the exception of a few, but you know, I, I I do think that that's that that next level. Like, hey, I was able to to represent my country, and that and that's on like a whole. You know, you you can sign a contract with an organization. Not saying that you don't care about that organization, but that doesn't kind of hold the same. Uh, I, I don't know. It just doesn't hold the same thing as you know representing your country. But uh, you know, I I obviously have never been able to do that. But for anybody that's been able to, I just can't uh, can't even imagine. But um, I do want to get a little bit closer um, into maybe your transition into moving over to the states. Um, where are you? Uh, how old are you? Um, how long does it take for you to kind of decide that this is something that you wanted to do? Um, kind of walk us through because um, that has to be kind of a big step. But if it's something that you're already preparing for, then you know maybe that makes it a little bit easier. But can you kind of talk about uh, the setup for moving over, uh, moving over here? Yes, of course, Adam. Yeah, so that's going that was gonna be a little bit different story. So growing up and playing that tier one hockey, we were fortunate enough to actually travel travel a little bit outside of the country. So first trip I ever took was to Czech Republic and, uh, we competed over there on a different tournaments. And, uh, so that was a step, but, uh, at some point we ended up coming to the United States. That was an opportunity for us to get here to play against tier one hockey team. Uh, so I believe when I was 15 years old, that was the first time when we came to Dallas and, uh, we played here for a tournament, uh, and I do one hockey. I don't remember the name of it. I still have a shirt uh, <laughs> from back in the day, actually, uh, which is funny. I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so within the next, so through the period of time when I was 15 through the 17 years old, we came to Dallas three times. 
And it's not like I got noticed by a team who wanted me to come here. But when we came here, we ended up staying with the host families, right? So the second time when I came here, the third time when I came here, I stayed second time with the same family. So it was my second time staying in the same family. And uh, we connected. So they had three kids already. Uh, and they were just very surprisingly nice. And they wanted to provide me with an opportunity to give myself a different life, different life and a better life, good education, and uh, a continue an opportunity to play hockey. So when I was... 16 and uh basically after that tournament finished i went back and they asked me to move here uh to move and live with them with the family that would provide for school uh provide me with food keep me education put me through school and help me basically to get my feet so when i came back i mean i was excited like i mean no words because i mean that was a dream like when I, because when I came here the first time, I actually forgot to mention that, like when I stood out of the airport, I told myself, this is exactly where I want to live. Like <laughs> everything different, the cars, the culture, the, I don't know, the people, uh, it, it just was a lot different compared to where I was growing up. So when I came back and, uh, that family invited me to stay here, I told my parents and, uh, my mom was completely, no, you're young, you're not going anywhere. I want you to grow up here and stuff like that. But, uh, my dad was, Hey. Why not? That's a great opportunity for you. So he had to talk to my mom and uh, we decided to make it happen. So once I graduated high school, my parents bought me airplane ticket and uh, I moved here. And there was actually a buddy of mine. His name is Igor, who was also playing hockey with me for the same team, who was fortunate enough to do the same thing. So, and he lived with a different family who asked to do the same to him. So both of us know each other and we jumped on a plane and, uh, came here and, uh, I lived with the family for years and, uh, yeah, they helped me, uh, you know, through a lot of stuff, put me to school and, uh, helped me with hockey. It was tough, but that's the whole reason why I'm here. If it wouldn't be for them, I mean, that would mm -hmm. never happen. Well, it's almost like, you know, from what I'm hearing, you have like two different families that just kind of want to see you reach your full potential and do what's best for you. One family has to let you in, but they, they know you and they're, they're close to you. But the other one is your blood family that has to, you know, and they, they know that it's the best thing for you at that time. But I'm, I'm sure it still has to be, you know, difficult for them. But, you know, if, if they love you like they do and, and they know that you have opportunities and that's great. But I love the, and I don't even know if calling it a billet family is doing it justice, but the fact that you, you know, have a family that you feel comfortable enough with, because I feel like if you don't have that, that comfort level and family that you're staying with that, that you know very well, maybe this whole thing doesn't transpire, you know, the way that it did, or maybe it's a little less successful, but the fact that they, from what it sounds like, really cared about you uh, and you felt comfortable, you know, uh, going back there, that they were probably a huge part of your success as well, if that's, you know, what I'm hearing. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, I'm going to be forever grateful for to them. Uh, without them, again, there would be 
no shot for me to be here, no shot to be coach, no shot to help kids, no shot to even play here in a day when I was able to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm forever grateful. That's for sure. Uh, well, and it, it's kind of like that term, uh, extended family, uh, you know, it kind of gets thrown around a bit, but it's like, that's, that's what those people are most likely is, is a part of yeah. your family. Um, and it probably always will be, but I don't know those, um, th- those billet families in general and the, the people like those are real relationships. And those people do think about a lot of those players as their own kids. You know what I mean? They're already instinctually, you know, good hockey parents. And I just think it's cool when, when things work out this way, but shout out to them, uh, shout out to them yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, but, but you, you end up kind of staying down here. Um, and, and kind of talk about maybe your transition, uh, into playing hockey down here and then maybe how, uh, kind of that comes to, uh, an end, if you will. And then I know it starts back up again, uh, with you being involved in coaching, but kinda, if you can kind of walk us through, you know, you're, you're playing here now and kind of talk about that and then maybe how it kind of uh, comes to an end. Yeah. Um, so when I got here, I was basically late for all of the tryouts and I couldn't find a team. So the first year, all I had is an opportunity to, to only play for Keller High School. That's all I could do. Uh, that was a different level, in my opinion. Just playing high school level was, uh, compared to tier one when I was growing up, is uh, quite different. So, but I could do, I mean, I was doing whatever I can, you know, because of the love to hockey of, uh, your passion and your dreams, you're going to continue putting the work and, uh, you know, continue searching for opportunity. Uh, at some point I had an opportunity to play tier two hockey, uh, which I ended up making a team Brahmas, Texas Brahmas. Uh, when I was 18, it was midget major and, uh, it was quite a good year. Uh, we did not make it to nationals, uh, for some reason, because it was back in the day kind of was different, but we ended up winning the. Uh, we became state champions. Mm-hmm. So as I understand now, if you become state champions, you go to nationals. And, uh, but that was a good year though. So, um, during this year, we had a tournament and, uh, Lake Placid, New York that we went and, uh, competed against some teams from Canada, some teams from United States. So we had a championship game against one of the Canadians, uh, Canadian teams, and uh, we won four nothing. So I got a shout out on that game. Fortunate enough for me, I had a scout watching me that game from uh, <clears throat> Utica, New York. Excuse me. Anyway, once we got back to Dallas, uh, Canute Anderson was my coach back in the day. Uh, within a week, he comes up to me. He goes, yeah, hey, I, I have somebody who wants to talk to you. I don't remember his last name, uh, now the head coach from Utica College, uh, but I know his first name, his name is Gary. And, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, so I got in touch with him. Uh, he told me he was very interested and taking me for the, for his team and, uh, giving me starter, uh, but he wanted to see me in person. So he flew here for a week at that time. Uh, I was practicing with a CHL team, Texas Brahmas, uh, as well with, a cool Dan Walton quote, I was actually the coach for that mm-hmm. team back in the day. And, uh, but he flew here, he stayed between four to seven days and watched me every day practice. And, uh, but at the end of the day, he goes, Hey, 
you're my guy, you're my number one guy. And, uh, I want you to come and play for my team and, uh, we're willing to give you probably 95% of the scholarship for a private school. I mean, I was beyond excited. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it's dreams coming true. Look, I mean, I'm about to go play college. Uh, so I'm like coach where I'm going to live. I mean, I don't have my family here. So they found me a billet family who was a director of the school, quite a mention. And, uh, the way he was explaining to me, uh, that lady had, uh, even inside, uh, inside the house pool, which I'm like, oh, okay, what about <laughs> make money? I mean, I need to, you know, provide for myself and, uh, make sure I eat. He goes, no worries. I'm going to give you a job at the rink. So you're going to be all set. <laughs> so, I mean, I was leading, waiting, still practicing, getting myself. And, uh, at some point I pulled my groan badly. It was a game. I uh, never going to forget that game. Uh, it was one, nothing. We were winning the game until the last minute. And they scored in me. It was one, one. Anyway, we went to OT and, and then a shootout. So before shootouts, I went on ice and I did splits as fast as possible. I don't know. I was excited and it tore my growing, like, oh, man. and I go, coach, I cannot play. I mean, you got to switch me up. And the rule is if you play the full game, the backup cannot go in. Like, oh man. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know how I pulled it up. I could not even drop. I don't know. It felt like adrenaline and everything was running through my head, through my blood and everything. But somehow I got very lucky with the post, the pad save and stuff like that, but we ended up winning the game. And, uh, but unfortunate enough after this, as, uh, what happened is the growing never healed, couldn't perform on my hundred percent. I mean, I took the summer off. I was doing therapy. I was going to the gym, not outside. I went to Wichita Falls, just here, just skate with the, an 18 over mm-hmm. there. First day was fine. Second day, boom, same thing. Same thing happened. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I call coach, Hey, that's the deal. Like, what do we do? He goes, well, we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. And, uh, and the growing never killed back still bothers me till today, every day. Well, I, I, that, that's what I was going to ask you too. Cause with a lot of these, you know, when they call them like, you know, nagging injuries or whatever in goalies, especially talking about lower body injuries. A lot of those just stick with whether or not it's groin, knees, hips. A lot of those things don't necessarily, you know, even thinking, you know, uh, around ben, ben Bishop or whatnot. But there's just some things that, you know, once that once that starts to weaken or once there's a problem with those things, it just it, it's almost like you kind of can't kind of can't come back to, to that same form there. But, uh, man, that's got to be tough. But, hey, you know what? You uh, you, you you won the uh, shootout there. And um if I was to guess, I think I would think it would be partly adrenaline, but then partly also you knowing, uh, hey, like I uh, I got to win this one. I'm the only option here. Um, but at the end of the day, the but and not to say that this should make you feel better, but it's happened to how many percentage of goalies. Usually, it's kind of the, their bodies just kind of not being able to withstand. Um, you know, because if you think about it, back in the day, there wasn't as much. Um, butterflying there wasn't as much i'm not going to say there wasn't as much athleticism but with the amount that you or these you know new goalies are having to move around it's understandable that they kind of um, are more open to getting injured a little bit more with how athletic they have to be on just a you know daily basis so it, it would kind of make sense but i'm sorry that happened to you but i don't know maybe you should find solace in the fact that it's happened to quite a few uh good goaltenders so yeah. You know, it do, yeah, it, it I mean, does. It, 
does happen. What happens, happens, happens for the reason, <laughs> right? Happens for the best. Well, yeah. Still here, we're still moving forward. Yeah, well, and, and, and you're here. Um, so what, uh, what, what, what was the reason that uh, made you kind of stay? Because obviously you, you moved back uh, to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but what, uh, what keeps you here? What, um, you know, you're done playing. Um, I'm assuming at this point you're maybe considering moving back to Russia. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, or staying down here or figuring out what to do after hockey. I know that's always a, a tough transition for anybody, but how do you kind of handle that life after hockey? Are you ever considering uh, doing something else outside of hockey? Or are you, hey, I'm in this. I'm going to figure out a way to um, to continue to be involved in hockey. Um, what does that look like? Because, you know, usually there's an interesting story in that process. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, once I got back here, and uh, uh, I was back, I, w- I went back to school. I uh, went to UNT first, then I went to UTA and I was studying engineering. I was studying accounting. And uh, at some point uh, I got invited to uh, get an ice uh, to coach, uh, to help Stan actually, <clears throat> just to help during the summer. He goes, hey, why don't you come out on ice and work with the goalies, you know, get outside of school do something for yourself, give it back. I'm like, hundred percent. Yeah. I would be more than happy to. So once, uh, I did that, I'm like, wow. I mean, that's actually great being in the ice every day and work with the kids. So I fell in love with it. I fell in love with being a coach and, uh, you know, helping the kids to get better, uh, give them what I knew. So to that, I start talking to Stan. I'm like, Hey, I want to become a coach. What do I do? So Stan basically uh, got me an opportunity to become an assistant coach for the girls, for Dallas Stars Elite Girls Team. Mm-hmm. So I started with that. And then uh, I moved to be an assistant with uh, Dallas Stars Elite different teams as well. And for the most part, I was still working with goalies. At some point, I'm like, okay, well, as much as I love coaching, but uh, I love coaching goalies more. So I'm going to become goalie coach full-time. So once that happened, uh, I moved basically to, got an opportunity to work for Dallas Penguins and, uh, I was still being a part for the Dallas Stars Elite, uh, working with the young kids. I don't remember if it started right away with the Dallas Stars Elite or if I started with Dallas Penguins, but, uh, yeah, so, but the opportunity was just to do that. And, uh, and it was great. I mean, me being an ice and just focus on the goalies, that's what I know best. And, uh teaching them that was that was it and uh i mean that was great i couldn't stop and uh i continue doing this for for years now so uh i mean it's been what about 14 years at least mm-hmm. 13 14 years since i've been a goalie coach here i well, just love it i mean uh, i just love of the working with the kids that's what it is but I, I think the cool thing about your situation and correct me if i'm wrong at any of these points but since you're getting to work with multiple goalies on multiple teams it's almost like it kind of keeps you fresh and it kind of keeps you, you're working with different age groups and you're working with old, maybe older goalies, younger goalies, everything in between and all the goalies on the different teams, you know, instead of, and you know, I, I'm coaching, I've coached for quite a while, but you know, sometimes it's, it's like, oh, it's this team again that, you know, I'm coaching every day or this, and I love all my teams, don't get me wrong, but it's one of those things where it might be nice every once in a while, just be like, okay, like I'm going to deal with you today, maybe you, you tomorrow, and we're just going to deal with the, I don't know, everything in between. Does part of that flexibility that you get to have because 
there's so many goalies down in the Dallas Forward area that it's like if you kind of have the experience that you do, I feel like you kind of get to, you get to move around a little bit. You get to be more flexible. Does any of that play into you kind of enjoying what you do a little bit more, kind of getting involved in, in more than just one team? 100% different personality with the kids. I uh, get a chance to meet them. And every year you meet different kids. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. Somebody uh, willing to work hard, somebody is not. So you kind of find a way to push him, kind of help him to, you know, understand the logistic of different things, helps him to understand what they really want, why are they here. So it's right. always great. Everything continues being new at some point, right? It's never, and stop being the same. I mean, there's some goals at some point now who, end up playing juniors and higher level of hockey and they come back and they still want to work with me, tell, tell me the stories, you know, how did the season go and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's awesome. And, and, uh, yeah. it's all, it's always, you know, yeah, it's always fresh. And, uh, at some point, I mean, if it's still the same, it's great. Right, right, right. Well, and it's also one of those things too, to where, you know, I'm assuming that those kids, they can relate to you and they also kind of like, you know, want to make you proud, but. There, it, there has to be something. There's kind of like a, uh, I don't want to call it a brotherhood because there's plenty of, you know, uh, girl goalies now. But it's almost just like you guys have each other's backs. And, you know, sometimes I'm sure they want to tell you about the stories of how they played in a game or, you know, whether or not they're maybe transferring out of state or they've come back from playing juniors or whatever it is. But I'm assuming that uh, not only on the ice, but off the ice, you have a connection with these players as well as far as them just, not only playing to make you proud, but that that being kind of part of the thing is saying, hey, Coach Constantine, like, you know, hey, like, I want to talk to you about this or that or whatever. But how much is kind of the off the ice stuff with these goalies? How much how much of that do you uh, uh, deal with? Because I feel like that's important, too, with a uh, goalie being as uh, cerebral or, you know, as heady as it is. I mean, are they talking to you off the ice quite a bit as well? A hundred percent. Like, I don't know if you know this, uh, but I truly think that goalie coach and their students has a different relationship compared to head coach with their players. Mm -hmm. Goalie coach are a lot more like friendlier, basically. It's not like we're friends. I'm still a coach. That's what I explained, but it's a different relationship because you work more on a private scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you build the bond, you kid around, you talk about the games, you talk about different things. And uh, I mean, I always tell my goalies that, hey, if there's anything that you want to talk about outside of hockey, you're more than welcome to. I'm always here for you. And uh, once the goalies get older, hey, they, they share. They share about the school stuff a little bit then, then. They talk about their success in school, how they do. Like the kids who end up going <clears throat> play for juniors, going outside of different talent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they would reach out and tell me how they're doing. And uh, when they get back, hey, I want to see you. Uh, I want to get back in the ice with you, tell you how I'm doing. And, uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't stop. And uh, just the bond itself, is, that's what it's great. And uh, it never stops. I think it never stops growing. And it just, it's great. Uh, yeah. And I think the youngsters will understand it at some point. Because once you get those young kids, and uh, a lot of them are still shy. And don't really get to know you that much. And uh, they're really afraid to think the coach are going to uh, basically beat them with this, beat them with the stick of <laughs> not going to do the right thing. But no, it's yeah. not that. Once they get to know uh, their coach and they get more comfortable, that then start being, uh, building the bond and, uh, you know, trusting you and uh, do what basically requires for them to succeed. And uh, yeah. 
Well, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you, you got to figure it out, but you know, uh, coaching just is a uniform across the board. And, um, I just always kind of, I've always thought that that relationship between goalie coach and the goalies themselves is just extra important. Cause it's kind of like a smaller club. You know what I mean? It's almost just one of those right. to where it's like, Hey, like, uh, cause it's one of those to where, even though I grew up playing a little bit of competitive goalie, it's not enough to where like I'm not trying to get in my goalie's head like it's almost just like you got to be a part of this little club really in order to kind of I don't want to make it seem inclusive but uh or exclusive but it kind of is because there's just not as many people that that play the position of goalie but it's one of those things to where you know you you guys have your own little brotherhood or sisterhood boys and girls included but it's just that those relationships are really important and it's kind of one of those things too to where I feel like even, um, you know, respect between goalie playing against another goalie is maybe higher than some other positions as well. You know what I mean? It's almost just like yeah. that, that, that goalie, that goalie bond is so strong that it's like, yeah, I wish you the best of luck, brother, but I hope my team wins. And exactly. And so but it is one of those things to where goalies just kind of, I say the same thing about referees, but it's just almost like they always have each other's backs because they know that they're outnumbered by, all the, you know, yahoos that play uh, forward and defense and all that. So it's almost just like, you know, you, you got to keep it, uh, I don't know, you got to keep it good, but I feel like doing that. Um, all right. Hey, so we're getting closer to the end here. And Constantine, I've really enjoyed this episode. You've been a great guest. You sound great on the microphone. Um, but this is kind of the last little portion of the show. Um, I know that, you know, for the majority of the show, it's just it's open format. You can talk about whatever you want to, but this is where there's rules, there's instructions, there's uh, there's just things that you have to follow. Um, but you have to, uh, we call this the shout out, um, and you have to say something positive. Um, so that's really the only rule. Um, you have to say something positive. Uh, a lot of people bring, uh, you know, friends and family into this. Uh, some people do a little coaching mantra. Everybody kind of has something different, but um, do you understand the rules and are you prepared for the shout out? I believe so. I think okay. I, let's give it a shot. Okay, let's give it a shot, Constantine. All right. So I want to give a shout out, obviously, to my parents uh, who gave me an opportunity to come here. I want to give a shout out to the family who helped me out to be a part of it. Uh, and uh, growing up, basically here, taking the next step of my life, I want to give a shout out to all of the coaches who helped me out uh, to get where I am. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife. Who uh, has been here uh, with me for the last four years, and uh, yeah, and all of the surrounding hockey community, basically all the goalies, all the parents. Uh, there's, uh, there's, could it, it wouldn't be the same if it would be for them. Obviously, this uh, I think Dallas became a huge and uh, hockey in the last couple of years, and uh, the coaching staff and uh, the directors, the volunteers, everybody who's around here. I mean, do an amazing job, and it wouldn't be for them. So, and obviously the kids, the parents who are putting through, putting them uh, in the sport, which is so expensive, uh, it costs a lot of money. So wouldn't be the same without them. They wouldn't be able to do what we do uh, today and basically what we love. So, yeah. Well, I think that's a great shout out. I think that's just, that, that's, that's right, right, right up to speed uh, with all the rules of the shout out. It was very positive. Um, but you're not alone in this, Constant. I have to do this as well. Um, and I, I try not to come up with them beforehand. 
um, on this one. I sort of did kind of a little bit. Uh, but anyway, um, I the, there's a Dallas Stars Elite team, I want to say, and I kind of forgot, but I believe it's the 2010s. It's the one that Piper is coaching. Um, but anyway, they're doing uh, they're doing something fun this weekend. I believe it's some sort of like a skills competition. Uh, and then they're going to do kind of like a scrimmage of some sort. Uh, but I will be in Valley Ranch uh, this weekend on Saturday uh, for that. And um, so my shout out is actually just for um, the Dallas Stars Elite program in general. Um, I feel like speaking for myself and the podcast, you guys have been very open to like come on and involve me in things and ask me to come out and announce like uh, skills and whatever competitions. But it's just one of those things to where um, anytime I have any of you guys on as far as uh, the Stars Elite coaches, um, they're just all very passionate about the game. Uh, they're passionate about kind of giving back to uh, the kids. And, you know, there's so many really, really good uh, top-end coaches that are coaching for the Stars Elite, as I'm sure you're aware, Constantine. Um, but they have all just been very um, open and friendly uh, with the podcast. And so I'm going to shout out uh, Dallas, Star, uh, Dallas Stars Elite uh, organization and also them allowing me to come and just talk on the microphone while there's a bunch of kids going out and playing uh, or doing their skills competitions or whatever. But that's just kind of the cool thing. Uh, cool part about there being a smaller hockey community down here and um yeah i don't know so my shout out is for uh everybody at the stars elite organization um yes awesome. that's my that's my shout out constantine so uh i'll be yelling at all the i think it's the 2010s i'm almost positive but it's fiverr's team uh and i'll be yelling at them giving them a hard time giving coaches a hard time uh, giving parents a hard time uh that's why they have me come out uh just to give everybody a hard time over over the speakers but uh anyway constantine <laughs> this has been uh such a fun episode i hope we get to meet each other in person at some point i know we're both in the area i don't make my way up to valley ranch too often but um uh, it'd be great to meet you in person sometime and thank you for being open to coming on the show um i think it's been great i think your story is awesome and i think what you're doing for the goalie community down here is awesome uh yeah because we've got to help the goalies out too sometimes we forget about them uh, but there's a whole lot of them down here now, and uh, we got to help them out. So, Constantine, I appreciate you doing that. Awesome, Adam. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me here. Well, hey, before you leave, real quick, Constantine, I have to tell everybody how to get a hold of us. Uh, they can find us at faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. It's faceoffspotpodcast.com. They can check us out on uh, Spotify, iTunes, any way or anywhere they get there. Uh, podcast from uh, Facebook. We have an Instagram, all that good stuff. But uh, anyway, oh, one more time, uh, sponsorship with Howie's Hockey Tape. Enter the coupon code face off and then the number 10. Uh, enter the coupon code to get 10%. Off. Uh, and then thanks uh, once again, Constantine, for coming on the show. Um, and hopefully we get to meet sometime soon. But thanks again for coming on, Constantine. Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. Everybody. All right.